victory. Death is beaten, you have rescued me. Sing it out, Jesus is alive. Empty cross, the empty grave. Life eternal, you have won the day. Shout it out, my Jesus is alive. He's alive. Oh, happy day, happy day. You wash my sin away. Oh, happy day, happy day. I'll never be the same. At last, we're meeting face to face. I am yours, Jesus, you are mine. Endless joy and perfect peace. Earthly pain, it finally will cease. Celebrate, my Jesus is alive. He's alive. Happy day, isn't it? Praise his name. God sent his son, and they called him Jesus. He came to
Christ alone my hope is found he is my light my strength my song this cornerstone this solid ground firm through the fiercest drought and storm what heights of love what depths of peace when fears are stilled when striving cease my comforter my all in all here in the love of christ i stand in christ alone who took on flesh fullness of god in helpless babe this gift of love and righteousness scorned by the ones he came to save till on that cross as jesus died the love of god was magnified for every sin on him was laid here in the death of christ i live His body lay, light of the world by darkness slain, then bursting forth in glorious day, up from the grave he rose again. word from 1 Corinthians. Death has been swallowed up in victory. Where, O oh, death, is your victory? Where is your sting? The sting of death is sin, and the power of sin is the law. But thanks be to God, he gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Simple and sweet. Let's keep worshiping him this morning.
are new today, I just want to let you know we're so glad you're here. And we read from the Book of Common Prayer. We've just sang all of these songs together as one voice lifted to the Father. And now we get to pray, and we're not the only people that do this. There's lots of people praying these exact words, the Big C Church around the world today. So would you join me in prayer as we pray this? There we go. (laughs) Almighty God, who through your only begotten Son, Jesus Christ, overcame death and opened to us the gate of everlasting life. Grant that we who celebrate with joy the day of the Lord's resurrection may be raised from death of sin by your life-giving spirit. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Thank you, praise team. If you're uh, joining us on live stream, you you might get elements together because later on in the service we'll be receiving communion. We'd love to have you um, on the live stream and join us in that way to to celebrate communion with your church family. And so just to be aware of that. It is Easter and and I'm in my new Easter suit. Uh, I make a vow to you that I will never come to you before, before you in my birthday suit. And all God's people said amen, but this is my new Easter suit. This is, this is not the norm, so uh, don't expect this next week, all right? This is the, the one or two times a year you get to see me fully attired in, in suit and in bow tie. I, I know I look a little bit like Problem Child. Uh, if you guys don't know who Problem Child is, you can ask your parents and they, they may know. But, uh, you know, it's, I typically, I like comfortable clothing. I, I know on Easter, we, you know, we, we'll dress up or, you know, more so in, 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 in the good old days or in the, in the past, people used to dress up. Women used to wear hats. Any, any ladies in here used to wear a hat in the church? Okay, a few of you. You know, dress up. And I like more comfortable clothes. You know, clothes make a difference. Uh, I've been running, and it's been really cold. Uh, and when you run in the real cold, you know, you're all bundled up. And the last couple weeks until the middle of this last week, I was able to run just in shorts and a shirt. And it was so much more freer to run. I, you know, we, we like to, to, to be comfortable in what we're wearing. But Easter is it's an invitation to wear different clothes. Uh, sometimes we dress our kids up and, you know, women in the hats and kids in their church clothes. But, but Easter's more than what we wear on a certain day. Uh, we celebrate the resurrection of Jesus. And, and Jesus was crucified dead, physically dead, and buried. And early on Sunday morning, early in the morning, and we read from the Mark account earlier, that the, the ladies go to the tomb and they, they find the empty tomb. <laughs> this isn't about simply his spirit went to heaven. Jesus physically rose from the dead. And the glory of the Gospels is not the hope of merely a spiritual resurrection, but the hope of the Gospel is an empty tomb, a physical resurrection. This is not about metaphors. This is not about inspiration only, but Jesus physically rose from the dead. And the physical resurrection of Jesus changes everything. Now, not just our future destiny. I'm thankful that I have a future destiny, that I have this hope of heaven, that when this life is at its end, I have this hope of glory and being with God and those who went before me. I'm thankful for that. It's not just about the past. I'm thankful that my sins have been forgiven, that, that I have a clear conscience and heart before my heavenly Father. But the physical resurrection of Jesus means we have life now. In Ephesians, Paul says, the same power that raised Jesus from the dead is at work in those who believe. And so, in the focus of the Gospels, we have to understand that there's a physical resurrection, not just spiritual. But this morning... I think it's always important to emphasize that on Easter. This morning I want to talk about something a little bit different that I've seen in the gospel accounts that really has 
struck me as I prepared for this, this Easter service. In John, it particularly notes that the tomb is empty, and in the tomb, laying where Jesus laid, were the grave wrappings. Now, no Jesus, but the, the dead man clothes, his wrappings, are laying in the grave. Which means that God called Jesus out of the grave and he took off the grave clothes. He took off his dead man clothing. We see other stories that, that demonstrate this as well. We see this in John 11. In John 11, this is the, the raising of Lazarus. And Lazarus is this dear friend of Jesus. And, and, and he, he's sick. And, and they're trying to get Jesus to come and heal Lazarus. And Jesus delays and delays and delays and delays. And finally he says, well, Lazarus is asleep now. Let's go see him. And, and they say, well, if he's sleeping, he'll get better. And Jesus goes, no, you don't understand. He's dead. And I'm going to go now so that you can see the true power of God at work. So Jesus arrives at the scene and, and the family and the friends are mourning his sisters Martha and Mary are mourning, mourning the, the death of their brother uh, Lazarus and, and, and Martha says, I know that if you would have been here this story would have turned out differently. If you would have just been here, I know you would have healed your friend and he'd still be with us. Jesus says, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me will live even if he dies, and everyone who lives and believes in me will never die. You know, on its own, this is earth-shattering. Sure, Jesus offers a future resurrection. After I die, there's this hope of heaven. Martha kind of says that. She says, yeah, sure, yeah. If you'd have been here, he'd have rose, he'd have been okay. But what Jesus does next changes everything. He goes to the grave. He says, move back the stone. And in this little passage, it has my favorite. Some of the King James Version words are better than just the new versions. I'll just tell you. And in, in the King James Version, they say, he stinketh. <laughs> that sounds a lot better than he, he's, he's going to stink. It says, it will stinketh, Lord. Look at your neighbor and tell him, you stinketh. Go ahead, tell him. You can tell your neighbor they stinketh right now. Jesus prays this simple prayer. Father, I, I know what you're going to do. And I'm praying now just so they can know this is you, not me. And it's between me and you. And this is, this is you at work. And, and then he calls Lazarus out of the grave. Come out of the grave. Lazarus comes out and he's all bound up in the dead men clothes. They'd wrap him real tight so they could carry him into the, into the tomb. And so I, I don't know. I, I always see the mummy. Anybody, you know, I see Lazarus coming out like that. And it's kind of, kind of I, I'm sure it'd be kind of awesome and freaky all at the same time. Can I say freaky? Is that okay? Okay. I already said it, so I guess I can't take it back. And Jesus says, unbind him and let him go. In John eleven forty four, 44, it says, Take off the grave clothes and let him go. It reminds me of another parable of Jesus in, in, in Luke 15. It's the story of the prodigal son. And I think the teens have been going through the prodigal son and the, the lost coin and the lost sheep. And the prodigal son, of course, takes everything that, that's due him from his father and in essence says, I, I wish you were dead. Give me my inheritance so I can go spend it. He spends all his money, wastes all his money. And he ends up uh, feeding pigs living in a pig pen, tattered clothes, and finally decides he's going to go back home. And so here comes this stinky, prodigal son. You ever been around pigs? You ever been around pigs? You know, I, I went to school in, in Kansas City, and, and I'd come home to Connersville, Indiana, and there were pig farms all around, and I'd go, ah, smells like home. <laughs> Doesn't smell good, but it smelled like home. And so here's this son, and he smells like pigs. And the father says, bring the best robe and put it on him. Put a ring on his finger and the sandals on his feet. In other words, take those smelly clothes off. Let's put something clean and that smells good on him. See, the problem is this. It's possible to come out 
of the grave into new life and still keep the same smelly clothes on. <laughs> a couple weeks ago, we had our small group and uh, in the afternoon, it was nice, and so I ran in the afternoon, and, and I was a little bit lazy, and so instead of showering, um, I, yeah, I just stayed in my sweaty workout clothes. Sorry, small group. And Terry said, um, why did you do that? And she said, you stink. It would have been much easier to take if she had said, you stinketh, right? <laughs> she said, you stink. Why did you do that? And the question I have is, what dead clothes are you still wearing? You know, there, there's a lot of things that we just, we just hang on to, that, that we don't let go of. And, and it's just like wearing dead men clothes. It's like still being bound, even though Jesus invites you to life and freedom. Three areas I want to focus on this morning. What, what priorities need readjusted? See, sometimes our priorities are just dead men's clothes. They, they just keep us from fully living in the life that Jesus has for us. See, God wants to rearrange our lives. You realize that? God wants to rearrange your life. He wants to change everything. What's the old song? If he's not Lord of everything, he's not Lord of all. God wants to be Lord of your life. He wants your priorities to revolve around him. But sometimes we just stay in the same routine. God wants to control our calendar our finances, our dreams, our goals. God wants full control. God's desire for us is the words of Jesus. Seek His kingdom, His priorities, and His righteousness, and God will take care of the rest. Have you examined your priorities lately? And how do you examine your priorities? Where do you spend your time? Where do you spend your emotions? Where do you spend your money? What are your dreams? What are your goals? Are your priorities moving you in the right direction? Are they moving you towards the kingdom or away from the kingdom? Are they, are they new clothes that the fathers put on you? Or are they still the same old dead man clothes you were wearing when you were in the grave? Let me ask you a second question. How is media influencing your thinking? I never thought I'd become that guy that talks about media as much as I do. But, but I'm seeing a terrible trend in media. And, and folks, I don't care if you, if you, I'll just say it, I don't care if you're listening to Fox News or CNN, there's an agenda with both. And they're directing us sometimes in the wrong path. Read a headline now and then, and then read the actual story. The headlines very rarely match the story. We are being influenced by media. We're being influenced by social media. Twitter and Instagram and TikTok and Facebook. We're being influenced by these things. And I'm not here saying, hey, everybody needs to get off social media. There's things I look at at social media that I laugh at and I enjoy. And there's things that make me just shake my head and scratch my head and think, what kind of world do we live in? where this is out there. If you swim in the sewer, you will smell like sewage. Can you say that with me? If you swim in the sewer, you'll smell like sewage. That is as polite as I could put that. And the truth is, in my life, there's been times where I've been neck deep in the sewer, and there's, that's the reason my life's been out of whack. And it may be what's going on in your life. You know, all these streaming services, and you know, it's great. You know, when I was growing up, I never saw the full Wizard of Oz because they always played it on Sunday night, and we always had church on Sunday night. I didn't know there was a black and white version. And now all these streaming services, you can watch anything, anytime. And so Netflix or Hulu or Peacock Network or whatever you have. But this morning, we're offering you a gift. Your church is giving you a gift of something better. And if you can check your phones, if, if you have your smartphones, you should have got an email invite from Right Now Media, and you can check that now. You're not going to offend me if you pull out your phone and look. If we don't have your email, if you're with us this morning, this gift is for you as well, and we're going to put a QR code. All you have to do is give us your emails, and we'll send this out. This is a free gift, and we've got a promotional video for you to see with regard to Right Now Media. Welcome to our study of the Gospel of John. 
I have fallen in love with the work of Paul as I've studied the book of 1 Corinthians, and I believe you will too. This is where Jesus taught in Capernaum, and you have to understand this scene. The Lord is my shepherd. And over the next six weeks, we're gonna look deeply into the 23rd Psalm. Right Now Media. It's for groups. It's for personal devotion. It's for parents. The bullseye of parenting is to raise children who become like Jesus. It's for kids. This is Phil. We're digging into the Bible, which, as we've mentioned, is more than just a book. It's for tough times. So when you recognize that you're trying to have a conversation with your spouse and they're not ready to talk, it's not helpful to keep pressing right. them. It's for every phase of life. If you've made mistakes with money, you know what that makes you? Over 12. And now, it's yours. We've purchased a Right Now Media subscription for everyone in our church. So check your inbox for the digital invitation and download the app for instant access to thousands of biblically-based videos. Get equipped. Get inspired. This is for everyone. You don't have to be a member. You don't, you don't have to, 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 to pass any tests. There's, there, there's no obligations. All, all you have to do is... is Allow us to send your email to right now so they can send this to you. Uh, there'll be no additional cost. And we'd encourage you, thousands upon thousands of videos in this site for kids, for families, for, for married couples, Bible studies. The resources in Right Now Media is well worth uh, you looking out. So check, look your e emails. The, is the QR code up there? You know, do it. Do a welcome card while I kind of continue to, to 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 meander on through this sermon. What would happen in the life of your kids if the media became better? What would happen in your marriage, your personal spiritual walk? If you spent more time in right now media than on Netflix? And finally, what community is influencing you the most? God calls us to community. We've been using this, this phrase for the past several uh, weeks and months, better together, because we truly believe that we're better together. We, we believe in, as a church, we believe in a relational discipleship, that, that we can study the Bible on our own, but something happens. God moves when people study the Bible together. We believe in mutual accountability and we understand that the church is not something man created, it's something God created. God works through this imperfect community that we call the church, the local church. We're, we're not perfect, and all God's people said amen, right? You know, this church isn't perfect, your pastor's not perfect, but somehow supernaturally God works through this imperfect community to perfect us, to transform us, to change us. It's in the church that I learned what forgiveness means. It's in the church that I learned what grace means. It's in the body of the church that I learned how to love. It's in the church that I learned how to serve and how to give. That the church has surrounded me as a child, as a young adult, and as an older man now. That the church has always surrounded me and been there for me. And God has given us this gift he calls the church, the body, the fellowship, for our personal edification and for the growth of the body and the growth of the kingdom. You know, it's been a strange year. I thought I'd get an amen from that. You know, just over a year ago, all this began. And... Um, I think people are longing for connection again. We're not created for isolation. Folks, we weren't created, and, and I understand we're, we're still in the midst and people are still waiting, and I understand that, but as we draw closer to, to more normal, folks, the church was not intended to be something you watch on your television set, but it's meant to be a body you live among. And, and so as we draw near to the end of this time, I'm inviting those who feel safe to come back. We need you, and you need us. We're going to close with um, communion. 
And I'm going to ask the praise team to come. They're going to be singing here in a second. And in your, at the end of your rows, each row, there's a communion packets. There's, and you can pass those down as, as under. It's, it's on this side of the middle row and on the inside of both rows. Um, on these things, as, just to give you instruction, it's easier. I think last time I told you wrong, it's easier to pull off the, the clear cellophane first uh, to, to get the wafer out. Communion is this community mill. This connection, it's, it's, it's a sacrament. We consider in the church a sacrament. It's been practiced from the beginning. As a matter of fact, in 1 Corinthians, Paul references communion, and he's referencing communion before there's even the Bible, that the churches are practicing communion. And it's sacred, it's holy, it's worship, and it emphasizes community. And 1 Corinthians uh, Paul talks about the Lord's Supper and communion, how it's being practiced, practiced in the church, and, and they're not sharing. And, and he's going, how can that be? How can you have communion where some partake and some don't? He says, don't take communion unworthily. And, and oftentimes we've taken that out of context. And what Paul's saying in that context is, listen, communion is all about community and the family and the Bible and us being together. And when we take it with divided hearts, you're missing the whole purpose. See, communion is a visible reminder of a Christ-centered community. And as you receive it today, you'll be receiving it that way. So what are you wearing? What priorities? What media? What community? As, as we... As we Prepare for communion. We're going to sing a song called The Blessing. And um, I just want you to know, I've used this phrase oftentimes in this series uh, when we've talked about certain things that I'm, I'm calling for us to, to look at. But when God asks us to do something, it's not what God wants from us. It's what God wants for us. He is a God of blessing. God is for you, not against you. And this invitation to blessing is not to less life, but more life. And in this physical resurrection of Jesus, it's an invitation to our resurrections, to our families being resurrected. Let's pray and then we'll sing this and then we'll receive communion together. Lord, help us. Uh, help us, Lord, to hear your spirit and move with you, in Jesus' name. Lord bless you, and keep you, make his face shine upon you, and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face toward you, and
what Heavenly Father you met. But that's the one I know. The one that is for me and not against me. That the one that would give his only son to die in my place. That invites me to be resurrected with Jesus. To be a joint heir with Jesus. He plucks me out of sin and he places me in community where I can be loved, where I can fell, and I can be lifted up. That's the God I know. And the invitation on Easter is not just to wear fancy clothes and maybe eat some fancy food or do anything like that, but the invitation on Easter and why we celebrate every Sunday on Resurrection Day is to join this kingdom, to allow this God to invade our life, to change our priorities, to change us from the inside out and allow us to be kingdom people. For I received from the Lord what I also passed on to you. The Lord Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, took bread and when given thanks, he broke it and said, this is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Eat the bread. In the same way, after the supper, he took the cup, saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me, for whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Our Heavenly Father, we give you praise and thanks for this moment. This Easter Sunday, despite a year that's been awful we are here together praise be to God now help us Lord not to to simply take in words but take in your spirit because your spirit gives life help us to be resurrected people kingdom people ready and able to show your face to a a world that's hungry and desperate for hope and life. Be with us and go with us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, we're going to close with a song and you can, um, it's going to be a little bit upbeat. You guys like upbeat? Yeah, a few of you do. So you can, you can, you can dance. All right, you, let, let's. Can somebody stand and do a holy dance for me? Anybody up there? Brian, can you sh- show us what a holy? No, nobody. Okay, it, it's kind of like this. That's, that's a holy. No, that's not. Is it? Whatever. How, however, the spirit moves you. Uh, you can be like da- David and dance in the spirit if you want. Uh, but you can sing. It's it's a catchy. It's easy. It's new. It's upbeat. Um, we want to stand and sit seated. Why don't you stand? You've sat for a long time. And we're going to sing this as our benediction. And it's an invitation for us to come out of our graves. There's a sling in my voice and a stone in my praise. Pushing back when the darkest weapon is formed. There's a power on my lips. Even death can defy When the name of our God is lifted high Cause there is resurrection power When we sing the name of Jesus Resurrection power When we raise a mighty song So come on, let the praise Yeah.